Hello and a big warm, warm welcome. I'm Roisin Buckle and this is my podcast, One Mum and a Baby. I cannot believe we are on episode three already. How mad. Firstly, I'd like to say a massive thank you to everyone that's messaged me to say that they've been tuning in. And for all of your comments about last week's guest, the fabulous Hannah Love. Honestly, it means the world to me to know that by sharing my journey with you guys, I'm helping some of you. So this week, I'm going to be speaking to the wonderful Nadine Robinson. She's an incredible woman who has worked as a midwife focusing on holistic care for over 20 years. She now helps to empower women, which I just think is amazing. So welcome. Thank you so much. I was a midwife for almost 20 years and I had a baby at 17. I was a high school dropout and then I got into midwifery. And so my background has been a lovely winding road. And now I don't catch babies anymore. I got burnt out from catching babies. It was hard to be on call. So I mostly do wellness coaching now, but of course it's exactly the same as midwifery. I just don't have to catch your baby and I don't have to do your blood pressure or your blood work. You mentioned after giving up the midwife positions, you went on to do seminars, did you say? Yeah, sort of like wellness coaching. It's holistic coaching, but it's really for women because I took all the soft skills of midwifery, you know, the counseling skills, the listening skills, the relationship skills, the sexuality. And now I just use those skills to mentor and support people as they're going through their world. Right. So is that sort of like counseling for couples and single people? I mean, I can't call myself a counselor. I'm not a formalized counselor. If somebody needs that, they would go to someone else. But it's really more about coaching, mentorship and that holistic lens, right? You can't just deal with somebody's body issues. You know, if they're having a physical issue, you have to think about, okay, mentally, what's going on for you? Emotionally, Mm. where are you at? Those kind of things have to come into play. For me, because I'm a couple of weeks away from giving birth, I'd quite like to pick your brains on birthing and the best way to do it, great. (laughs) So I'm actually going to be having a home birth because it's my first child as well. A lot of people have been saying that I'm mad and that I absolutely must go to hospital and get the drugs. (laughs) So I just wondered if I could pick your brains and see your thoughts on home birthing for anyone out there that's looking to do that. Absolutely. I've heard some statistics that by walking into a hospital, your chances of having a C-section increases by 40%. This is true. Yes. So I don't know if you could just give us some like background on that and why it might be. This is a complex, complex situation because anytime you enter into a large institution, there's policies, there's time constraints, there's the philosophy of each individual practitioner. And women tend to get lost in that when we go in to have our babies because we are afraid and we're vulnerable and Mm. it's one of those times. And so, you know, the the joke that I used to say to people is if you want to find out if you should have surgery, go and see a surgeon. That's what surgeons know about, right? So they don't know about all the other things necessarily. They might've heard of them, but that's the default. So if you're going to an obstetrician or a gynecologist, I mean, they're great for surgery. This is what they're trained in. Complex pregnancies, cancer, things like this. These are challenges that we are facing as women. And those are the practitioners that are best for that. Mm -hmm. But guess what birth is? Normal. Mm. So what should you do? You should be working with someone who sees birth as normal. Mm -hmm. And that's what midwives excel at, right? That's where midwives shine. I heard that when you're doing a home birth, you get obviously the one midwife. So you're not having a couple that are at the hospital at the time on shift. So that must be a lot more comforting to a woman, I would imagine. Absolutely. And even just think about how you feel in your home. 
right? Mm. You're used to walking around naked. You know where the bathroom is. You know where your favorite snacks are. I mean, your best blanket, your cozy slippers, whatever you want that makes you feel comfortable and nourished is in your home. It's the default where it is. So you've got one person there who is just doing all the clinical things. They're the guardian of the space and you get to do your thing, right? And whatever that is, if it's sit on a birth ball, if it's lay in your bathtub, if it's have a shower, if it's go for a walk, every woman should be encouraged who is healthy and has a low risk pregnancy to have a home birth. It's the safest place for you to birth. Wow. Okay. And I've heard as well that not many women actually deliver in the pool. It's more just to calm them. Is that the case? You can choose, right? This is your, I mean, again, that depends on what's happening with the midwife and what their skill set is. But we used to call the birthing pool, the midwife's epidural. Yeah. Good. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you get in there, your belly is floating and you're like, Mm. what is happening? It's like a magical transformation. And so for you to be able to have that experience of just laying in the tub, women are relaxed. Generally, they have less tearing at birth. They tend to birth a little bit quicker because I think we're not fighting our bodies, right? We're not afraid of those Mm. sensations that we're experiencing. We're like, oh, I can just settle down here and jump in. And so it's a really powerful way to give birth. And I've seen people who've given birth in the water and then try to not have their baby underwater the next time. And they're like, this is terrible. The only thing that I've been thinking, and this might sound really silly, but Uh, What do you do with the water after if you're at home? Because it's going to be bloody. Do you just chuck it outside or... Such a good question. So listen, when I was training as a midwife, I was apprenticeship trained. So I had to follow the midwives all over the place. There wasn't formal schooling in Canada at the time when I became a midwife. Right. And so... It was a crazy situation that we were in. And so what we had to do is you scoop all the clots and all the big bits out. Right. And you put them in the toilet. And then you have a garden hose and a pump. And you drop the submersible pump in. And as well, in Canada, again, we'd often do it in the toilet. You just yeah. run the hose into the toilet and I, it drains okay. the tub. Yeah. Sometimes, though, if it's nice out, you can do it outside in the garden. And it's not gross. It's not gross. I actually live opposite an allotment. And I was thinking, would that be good for their crops? Or, <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. am I going to get sued? <laughs> you might not get sued, but nobody might want to eat the vegetables because they That's don't really understand true. farming, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. I didn't think of that. So I've been doing a lot of research on hypnobirthing. I'm reading a book about it and doing a course. I mean, to me, I've never thought about birth before. I wasn't really sure if I wanted children and just never really gave it any thought. So the hypnobirthing that I've been looking into now I'm reading about it it makes complete sense if you let your body do the work and you stay calm it shouldn't be difficult to give birth and when we look at it in the sense of like when animals give birth they go to a dark place they don't have all these lights and people rushing around them so to me when I've been reading about hypnobirthing it really makes sense do you have much experience in that and could you give some background on it for anyone that's maybe not done a course or read a book Yeah. Lots of my clients liked the hypnobirthing because of exactly what you've just said. So you've just nailed it on the head. That sense of relaxation, of calmness, Mm. of trusting your body. The way the baby gets in is the way the baby needs to get out. So that's how you have to think about birth, right? And generally that's private, right? You're Mm. naked. You're making noises. It's often in the dark. It doesn't have to be pitch black, but you know what I mean? There's this sort Mm, of sensuality. Yeah. And that's really important for all women to know, again, which is why going to the hospital, it's very different, isn't it? It's very different because the lights are bright and people are busy and things are beeping and there's all these things. There's a hustle and bustle there, but that's not how we were ever meant to give birth. 
We were never meant to give birth like that. We were meant to be in this sacred, cocooned, quiet, sensual, dark, you know, like you said, mysterious, you know, kind of things. Yeah. It's a powerful, I love that you've connected into that. That's because it's hard for women to do that. There's such a push to get an epidural and all these things. How did you get here? Like, Um, I just, I do a lot of meditation and I'm quite into sort of doing things without too much interference I guess I'm one of those if I've got a headache I'll try to get rid of it without the tablet for me to go into a birth and have all this interference just seemed really unnatural for me that's my personal choice obviously there's lots of women out there they would think completely differently and that's okay but for me I just really think that doing it as naturally as I can and being a single mum I've been doing the whole pregnancy on my own as well to have a really calm birth is so important to me and also to try and avoid having a c-section because the last thing I feel like I need after giving birth is not really being able to get up and do things when he's here because I've had a c-section and I'm in pain so yes. for me it's so important that he comes out of my vagina <laughs> yes <laughs> and we know I mean, I mean that's brilliant I love that and it, it's because we're kind of I think women are a little bit gaslit. You know, your bodies are dangerous. Birth is dangerous. It's all going to fail. There's been this resurgence towards the natural birth. And then it seems to be dropping off again because our bodies work. And you're absolutely right. You do not want to be walking around with a newborn and just have had major abdominal surgery. I mean, Mm. if you have to, that's sure. We're not being silly here or foolish, but women are told that we can't trust our bodies, right? It's kind of Mm. very subtle all over the place. And I think it's really powerful when we do because we're all alive because people have been giving birth for thousands and thousands of years. Well, exactly. And the way that it's portrayed in the media to give birth as well, you're on your back, you've got, you're in the hospital, you've got your legs in stirrups. I mean, all of those things don't seem natural either because if you lay on your back and try and give birth to a baby, standing or kneeling with gravity. And yes. so when I read that, I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But even for me, it took to read the book to realise, oh my God, all these things that you think you should know naturally, I've had to be taught because of what the media portrays. And we've lost the connection of mothers giving that wisdom or grandmothers or sisters or aunties. So the women before us, that knowledge has been erased for most mm. of them. So they don't have it to give. And birth has become this private, very clinical experience instead of a community experience where, yeah, your mom, your sister, your best friend, your aunties, whoever was going to be around you. And they were sharing the stories of birth and birth wasn't hidden. It's the same as death, isn't it? I mean, they're the exact same thing. Yeah. These things are hidden from us and we don't know anymore. We're like, what do you do here? Like, I don't, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And I think like you've just pointed out that we don't really talk about it a lot. So we're all so scared to talk about natural births or what, the, what comes out after and yeah. the process after where you bleed profusely for ages and ages. And I mean, I never knew any of this because no one talks about it, but it's so natural. And I think we need to get rid of that stigma. I was going to ask as well, if anyone is a bit more interested about having a home birth now, we've spoken, what would happen in your experience if there was a complication? Is that quite easy to get to hospital, you know, that there's not going to be too much complication with that. That's probably one of the most common questions that midwives get asked, right? Because there's always that fear of the what if, right? Mm. Here's the thing. Midwives generally, we're being very diligent in watching and making sure things are staying in those parameters of normal, whether it's the length of labor, how our mama's doing, baby's heart rate, the vital signs. So we're constantly evaluating those things. And The general rule is to say, okay, things are going this way. So we would have this conversation and it might be time to move because 
we don't want to be in a situation where in an emergency. We don't want to be in a situation where we're in a catastrophic event. I mean, those things are so rare. But generally, we would be doing things to make sure that if we need to go, we can go. And then the other thing that you need to know is that the protocols that midwives use are the exact same as the physicians and the doctors. The general rule, I mean, I used to be a midwife educator for many years, so I was training other midwives. And part of that was that, you know, sort of those first 10 to 15 steps that we would do if something is happening, something's going wrong, we need to basically be able to do those at home. I mean, so we come with drugs and oxygen and needles and IVs. And I mean, we've got all the things because we need to be able to give care to the mom and the baby at home and be prepared for those events. And that's the problem, you know, for so many years, people hated home birth and they really wanted to like just get rid of it. And so Mm. they did lots of studies. Well, guess where? It's always been proven to be as safe or Mm. safer to give birth at home. Yeah. <laughs> so. feels, feels like a no-brainer. I mean, I'm a bit of a homebody as well. So the thought of not having to leave my house to give birth is perfect. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, there's nothing more delightful than you catch that baby, you pop it up on the mama's chest, yeah. you, you know, you snug everybody into bed and you're bringing them food and tea and toast and mm. everybody's falling asleep in their own bed. It's just, it's magical. It's it sounds so magical. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd like to also talk a little bit about what you do to empower other women help other women through their journey of pregnancy and after they've given birth there's nothing more important as anybody who's being in contact with a pregnant woman is to help her feel sovereign that is the most important because guess what nobody's going to be there at three o'clock in the morning when your baby is screaming and you have no idea what to do yeah and so the best thing that I can ever do for a woman to truly be in service to her is to help her feel confident in who she is that feeling of trusting herself, right? Being able, guided by her intuition, what her beliefs are and values are. I mean, it's not my job to tell somebody how they should give birth. Mm. Yeah, do I have opinions about it? Of course I do. I have huge mm. opinions about it. And I have lots of clinical research to back me up. But at the end of the day, that does nothing but disrupt the person in front of me. I can't yeah. be telling you, well, you know, I really think you should probably go into the hospital now. Maybe you should get an epidural. It's going to really, really hurt, you know. I mean, how does that help you? And so this is what you see. People want to put their own ideas, their own values on people. And the most important thing you can do is it's in conversations that you have with people. You can't be disrupting people and being like, oh, well, that sounds really silly. What do you mean? Hypnobirthing isn't silly just because it's not for you. But Mm. these are the kind of things that people do. And so the way I work with families and with couples now, I mean, through my entire career, it's been exactly the same. It's just like, okay, what's important to you? What do you value? What makes you thrive? And I, we're just going to love that up so you can yeah. be so confident in it, so firm in it. And then even if you make a mistake or if you fail or things don't work out the way you want, you're not shattered because that's what happens to us, doesn't it? We yeah. have this big idea and we're like, oh, I'm going to do this and it's going to be great. and It's going to be blah, blah, blah. And well, you didn't think you were going to get pregnant and be alone? No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I've got to now deal with the situation that's best for me. And that actually takes me on to the next point of, I haven't ever again thought about it too much prior to getting pregnant. So I was with my partner for three months into the pregnancy. We were together about nine, 10 months before that. And then we had some issues. So we broke up to work on those issues. He since moved on. I have been pretty much left to do it all alone. And I feel like there's so much stigma around a woman doing this on their own, but or that they're somehow to blame. But it's like, I don't understand where that stigma comes from because we're the ones doing everything. I've got a full-time job that obviously I'll take a break from, but I'll have to go back to. 
I don't know what motherhood entails yet, but I'm sure I'm going to find out very, very soon. <laughs> and I've got all of that. And I'm trying to have my own life as well. I want to still be a person. So yeah, what, what do you think that stigma is? And why do you think that still exists in this day and age? Oh, well, we're back to that whole place of, I mean, this is evidence that you had sex. There's yeah. no evidence that men do. I know, my parents know now. <laughs> Cat's out of the bag. It is. Yeah. It seems so backwards. I mean, everything you've said, the job, the baby, now you've got to be responsible for your health. Okay, how are we going to manage the finances? But there's still a real backlash against women for having sex. Yeah. And it's almost like it's literally is just us. There wasn't another person there or that perhaps if they haven't stayed around, we just did it on purpose to trap them or something. It's very old fashioned because my partner was in the public eye. There's been articles and some of the comments are still that I must have wanted to trap this person somehow. I mean, I'm financially stable myself. There's no reason for me to want to gain anything in that sense. But there's been so much stigma around my pregnancy and I mean, I've been shocked at how many people actually care about what I'm up to. (laughs) It's really hurtful, isn't it? Because we think we've come a long way. We think Mm. that we've evolved. We think we've had these shifts. And at the end of the day, I mean, you're exactly right. We get blamed for trapping people. We get blamed for having sex because that makes us sluts. Then it's Mm. all about money. And then you're a single mom. So you're a bad mom and you're going to raise a bad child. I mean, there's just nowhere for us to go Mm. to be like successful. Or if you can't have a baby, well, then you're a dried up, shriveled, thing and we should oh just my throw gosh, you away yeah, absolutely yeah people have commented before because I'm 37 now that oh she's an old spinster but now mm-hmm. I'm having a baby it's the opposite because I'm doing it on my own you just can't win can you no no you can't and so the best thing we can do as women is to just really collapse around each other and support each other right yeah. I don't know what your story is And I'm going to assume that you're a good person and love you up because we've all been there, right? Whether it's like you say, single parenthood or getting divorced or whatever. Yeah. It's why is, why, but why has that become public fodder for us to discuss and be Mm. curious about of your life? Right. But that happens to women. It doesn't really happen to men. No, it doesn't. Thank you ever so much. I've absolutely loved speaking to you today. I'd love to get you on again when I've given birth and we can chat some more. But where can we find you on your socials, etc.? My website is www.nadinerobinson.com and social is just mostly Instagram, really. I am Nadine Robinson. That's amazing. Thank you ever so much. Oh my God, how amazing was she? I hope you all enjoyed hearing what Nadine had to say as much as I did. You can find out more about Nadine by going to her Instagram page. It's at I am Nadine Robinson. So after three brilliant weeks, I'm going to be taking a little break because I'm going to be going off to have my son. I literally can't believe it. I'm so excited. I'm so nervous. I can't believe he's going to be here in just a few weeks time. I literally cannot wait to welcome him into the world it's just incredible so i'll be sharing my journey with you all over my instagram page one mum and a baby so please do stay in touch i'd love to hear what you thought of this week's podcast episode i really love the community that we're creating and i can't wait to share the details of how the birth went how i'm getting on in the autumn so wish me luck and until then thank you so so much for listening